Hello, and welcome to the Fatherly Podcast. I am your host, Joshua David Stein, and I'm joined by my co-host, a man named Jason Gay. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Thank you. Uh, that was a very jaunty hello you began with, Joshua. You know, Good day to you, sir, too. I started off on a low note today, low energy, and okay. now all now of the coffee energy. is kicking in. Yeah, Awesome. So today's episode is kind of like a chef's special. Uh, I don't know if you know this about me, but I come from a food world and over the years have met and interacted with many chefs. And we're going to visit one of my friends, or I guess I'm going to visit. You weren't here for this. Uh, my friend, Danielle Balud, who has yeah. a restaurant called... Know who he is. Danielle. Yeah, yeah. he's kind of famous. Yeah. I'm kind of like Joshua David Stein is to sports uh-huh. version to food. Like I'm aware <laughs> of the names, but I cannot give you specific details. You mentioned some restaurants yeah. that I've never heard of, probably will never go to. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, now, now, now I don't... It's your superpower. Restaurant. I can eat. <laughs> um, so, Danielle is interesting because he has a grown-up daughter and then two young kids. Yeah. Second relationship. Yeah. Um, the reboot. The reboot. Yeah. And um, so I go, we had lunch the other day. Yeah. And I talked to him about what's it like being a dad for a second time when you're yeah. older. Also things like how he brings the the lessons he learned in the kitchen, in his kitchen's home, okay. his home kitchen. And then there's this dude, Jamie Oliver. Sure. Um, who's the well known. The Naked Chef. The Naked Chef. Uh, he's mostly a UK guy, but yeah. I think people know who Jamie Oliver is, oh, right? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. no. He's a thing everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So he he's, has many he's worldwide, books. worldwide, as are you, Joshua. <laughs> Thanks. That's untrue. <laughs> um, he has a new book called uh, Five Ingredients, Quick and Easy Recipes, which okay. just came out from Flatiron. It's a cookbook. Great. And uh, he's in town doing uh, press for that, but I did not want to ask him about that. Jamie Oliver has had a tough year. I've had a tough year. I want to know about what it's like to fail in some parts of your life. So we went up to his hotel room and we asked him that. Yeah. Thank you for your help on that. You steered it back to kids in a nice way. I'm always about the kids, Joshua. I know. You should know that about me. We'll be back with Daniel Balud and me, but then we hook up with Jamie Oliver later in the show. Welcome to the Fatherly Podcast. I hope you enjoy the show. So, uh, you know that I work at Fatherly, and I've known you actually since before I was a dad. Not before uh-huh. you were a dad, because you I was a dad first. You became a dad, then I re-became a dad. <laughs> Two times over. <laughs> um, but I've been really curious for a while now to talk to people like you who are super accomplished in their professional worlds, mm-hmm and are also fathers about what you've been able to learn and what you've been able to take from your professional success and how you bring that home and vice versa. Give me the brief rundown of your family. What's your family situation right now? So um, I had a daughter uh, who is 29 now and just got married. Mazel tov. Uh, yes, thank you. And so I feel like she left the nest. And uh, now I have two young children, four and a half years old, Julien. So my daughter, older daughter is Alix, and uh, was born in New York with Mickey, my first wife. And uh, born in New York, born and raised, went to the French Lycée. 
and then I uh, remarried five years ago, and I have a four and a half year old boy, Julien, and a 18 months old girl, Georgiana, who is Gigi. How old are you? Uh, young enough to still have children. <laughs> I'm a little older than you. <laughs> just a bit. I push over the 60. Yeah. Well, I'm just like off the bat, like what were your thoughts about becoming a dad for the second time as well, an older I think first, um, I love children. I love family. I mean, I come from a family where with my parents and my brother, we were five siblings. And when we all get together with nephew and niece and all the added parts of brother-in-laws and things, we're about 60 people. So, and I cook for them. And of course. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, children are, I don't know, to me, uh, give me a lot of energy and give me also a lot of uh, uh, motivation. And, and I think uh, also... You know, we only live once, and I think it's important to have children. Uh, but I, like when you, the, so Alex was pretty much grown. She Alex was, a, was grown up. We only had one child uh, with Mickey, and I um, loved my daughter, but I didn't have a son. And I felt <laughs> like, uh, you know, I'm single, and now I'm falling in love, and I want to get remarried and have kids. So uh, I have a boy. Yeah. And another girl. So I'm, I'm blessed. <laughs> what was the difference between uh, raising Alex as a dad mm -hmm. and raising when you had Julian and Gigi? Well, interestingly, I, I mean, I, I don't know if it's a benefit to my children, but it's a great benefit to me and my children is then uh, I live right above Danielle. Mm -hmm. So my apartment is right above the kitchen of Danielle. My office is at Danielle. And so I had this very close family life, despite the fact that I worked my 16 hours a day, I can just write up the 20 step and see them and kiss them every night before bed and, and have breakfast with them. And then maybe uh, at five o'clock, I want to just come and say, I spend you know, half an hour with them. And so those little moments are yet a very, uh, there's a proximity will help create those uh, valuable moments with the children. Where were you in your career when Alex was born versus where were you in your career when, like... So, uh, when Alex was born, uh, Were we you still, like, hustling? We, well, yeah, of I mean, course. you still <laughs> hustle. I'm not saying you don't, but, like... No, but uh, when Alex was born, it was in 89, and she's going to turn 30 this year, and she... I was the chef at Le Cirque at the time, and I was living on uh, about three blocks away, so it was not too far. Um, but uh, so Alex grew up as uh, a young child, but not close to the restaurant as much at the beginning. And it's only when I moved Danielle 10 years later uh, from where Cafe Boulou is today, I moved uh, uh, restaurant Danielle to 65th Street where the old Cirque was. And I took an apartment there. So that's when Alex was about 10 years old when she moved above the store with us as a family. In terms of like, like taking it away a little from the idea of her relationship to the restaurant and your relationship to the restaurant, as a dad, did you find yourself, 
you know, was a division of labor different, you know, almost 30 years ago? Yeah. Was what was expected of you as a dad different? Were you more patient? Were you less patient? Were you, you know what I mean? I think um, first, I mean, I always, uh, you know, you're in a business where you always dream then maybe your, your child will like to be interested by your business and take over. Yeah. And Alex was interested to do cookies for her friends at school. So she will go to the kitchen and with a pastry chef make cookies yeah. <laughs> as a child and bring that to school. For, or she will come and have lunch here at Cafe Boulou on the terrace. I will do a table of 20 kids uh, for lunch and all her friends from school yeah like and the end of school or things like that where yeah. all the friends from school will have lunch I mean I have a picture of this very cute scene of the kids uh, being outside um, and um, she always came to many occasions I mean she was connected with but, what I do and all that but uh, but like I mean like were you changing diapers and were you doing all those things 30 years ago or was that something that, you know, when you had your, when you have your two youngest kids, mm -hmm. did your role as a dad shift significantly? Uh, yes, I think I'm more, uh, I don't know if I'm more involved because my wife will say, no, it's not true. <laughs> <laughs> I never do enough. Yes. <laughs> but I, I, I am quite, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a good dad today. And I think I was hustling and and. and and trying to build a business uh, 29 years ago. I was trying to build a name for myself, a reputation, and then raise money and open my first business and work very, very hard. And so I feel um, maybe I didn't give to my daughter what I'm able to give to my uh, two young children today. Uh, the time, the... But we took a lot of vacation and travel uh, together and, and I have... Uh, what I love is to look at the picture from the yeah. time she was a baby and how many places we went and how much fun we had and, and all that. So I, I, I feel that my, today because we have two young kids and uh, Catherine, uh, the mother of Julien and Georgiana, she, she was a chef and now she's her mother but also um, learning to become a, a um, uh, dietitian and mm -hmm. uh, she she really care about how we feed our children and she cook for them all the time and Julian love to cook with her and I am not invited because it's basically <laughs> Julian cooking at home with her mother <laughs> and I don't want to get involved in the middle yeah but uh, cooking is your work yeah thing. so Julian is on the on the chair or on the stool and he's got the big spatula and he's making, you know, lamb shanks. There's like eight lamb shanks on the pot because uh, Catherine is very well organized when it comes to nutrition. And, um, uh, and she portions out for their... And she portions that. Uh, uh, she makes batch of fish or meat or vegetables or grains. And she portions them out. And then after she has this 25 different selection of of different proteins or grains or vegetable, and she composed a meal every day with it. Not every day, but on, on when she don't need to cook for them. And then I live right above the restaurant, so it's easy to bring also any dish from a la carte. Do you, are your kids uh, adventurous eaters? Yeah, they eat everything, everything. 
I mean, crazy stuff. Um, but to them, not crazy. Like that no. uh, ragu with the tongue and the oh, truffles. Oh, yeah, and no, the, that, I mean. They would eat it if you yeah, gave them. Uh, pig's heads, uh, uh, birds, and, and, and snail, and caviar. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, no, it's very adventurous. But then after, there's typical kid, you know, suddenly, uh, either the color or the taste. It's not the color because he liked pumpkin, but he don't like carrot right now. So I don't know. Maybe it's a hue of orange. That yeah, that's like. it. <laughs> I mean, I think going back to the thing you said about the difference between Alex, like that first time and the second time, sometimes I think if my kids are only five and seven, mm -hmm. but if I had, and I'm not going to have kids again, but if I could have kids again now, seven years after, it's like I think I'm so much. I'm in such a different place, like emotionally and in terms of like knowing myself. I just it's true, and and and, and there's definitely. I mean, our daughter was uh, was a learning experience for me. Uh, our children now, it's a learning experience for Catherine uh, more. And for me, um, I don't know if I recall. Uh, fun it was and how hard it was sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> because, uh, you know, having, uh, having a boy also, it's intense at home. Yes. It's uh, much more intense than a girl. I and, have two boys who just, oh my God. they're like cats. <laughs> you know, they're, one moment they're kissing and yeah, like yeah. touching each other's faces and the next moment, like on the way to school today, I, we were getting off the bus and I turned around and they were in a full-on fist fight and all these like middle schoolers were around them being like, guys, come on. Uh, Julia also is fearless. I mean, he's, he, he, he will um, climb anywhere. He, I mean, it's like a hike and he go all the time. It's... Um, is there anything that you've kind of taken from your world, your professional world and been able to apply at home that's been helpful for you as a dad? Um, yeah, to build a nice kitchen, and the kitchen is definitely the center of our life. Mm -hmm. uh, we spend a lot of time in our kitchen, uh, clearly, and um, and do some planning on the meals for the children. I think it's important. Uh, there's nothing worse than you know a family where they don't know what they're going to give to their kid that night, and I think planning is key and. Uh, I think with Catherine, she's very well organized, but I'm always there also to support. And, um, and having a good plan uh, for the week, uh, that's a little bit like a restaurant where you write your menu in advance a little bit so you know what you're going to be expected to do and you can communicate that to the team. Mm -hmm. Here you communicate that to yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back with more Danielle Balud after a word from our sponsors. You grew up on a, in a pretty rural area in Lyon mm -hmm. on a farm, right? Mm -hmm. And you had five brothers and sisters. Um, your kids are growing up in like a vastly different world. You know, totally. how do you make sense in your own mind of kind of like the difference of this urban environment they're growing up in versus your kind of rural, like so much of what you... Very much. So like from an outside, just knowing you and your work, so much of what you love and sort of celebrate is that Lyonnais mm -hmm. lifestyle and the charcuterie and the 
you know, in the... Um, of course. I mean, of course it's fine dining, but, you know, you really no, celebrate but it's them. rustic and rural, and, and um, I think uh, it's, to me, uh, there's not only the food, but it's also the lifestyle, my family... Uh, I'm sure then what I spend in a day here to live in New York, they spend it in a month in yeah. my village. <laughs> yeah. And your kids, though, are growing up kind of, you're the only one in the States, right? Yeah, absolutely. So your kids are growing up like American uh, and totally. like New York mm -hmm. City kids, you yeah, know? Yeah. Regret? Then, Do you like it? I mean, what's but, your... But uh, I remember Alex, who is American, uh, very American, but went to the French lycée, so she's very French, too. And she... Uh, with their cousin and all that, she will always notice then, uh, you know, maybe the parents give up too much there. You know, the parents give up too much and the kids are not always super disciplined or they are already too distracted by, uh, you know, things who are materialistic or, right. or like, you know, iPads or things like she that. She grew up in the center of iPad country. Yeah, but York, yeah. at the same time, the importance of reading books, uh, it's, it's important. And I don't think they read enough books there in France. Mm -hmm. So they're comparing, you know, yeah. their upbringing with their upbringing there. And uh, uh, it's different. It's a little more rural. It's a little more uh, sampler. Yeah. Also, and uh, but for example, for now, Catherine with Julien and Gigi, we just read books after books. And what are you reading? Oh, I mean, the, the, he loves uh, Galaxy right now. He's crazy about Galaxy. So any books we can find on, in, oh, the cosmos, the cosmos, yeah. and all that, uh, he love it. Uh, so he's into that. But uh, for me, as a kid, I don't wish any of my kids to live the life I had as a kid because I love my life, but that's not something I wanted to, you know, it was not like, uh, you know, I was, my parents were lawyer, doctors or whatever. And uh, I grew up as a kid playing tennis and, and golf and, and, uh, and being in preppy school. No, I was uh, working, born on a farm and helping my parents. And so, you know, Easter vacation, I will be um, in a garlic field and taking out the weeds yeah, in the entire like, garlic field for, for two For me, weeks. for us, it's like, oh, it's so beautiful and rustic and traditional. <laughs> oh, but I'm sure as like an eight-year-old, you're like, man, I just... <laughs> yeah, this is slavery. Yeah. <laughs> but I never complained. And, uh, and I think that was just my life and that was uh, one way of my parents to keep me busy and not in trouble as yeah. well. And, uh, and you also began apprenticing when you were really young. Yeah, at 14, yeah. And that was back in, the, like, I'm, I don't know if you read Jacques Pepin's um, mm -hmm. The Apprentice, mm -hmm. but he talks about, like, it was a pretty rough, and then, of course, um, Eric Repair talks about it, about his, like, pretty traumatic I know, no, it was kitchen no, experiences. Yeah, no rest for, I mean, 14 is fairly young, I mean. Yeah, but, it's very young. Uh, I mean, especially in New York, especially in the States, to think of a 14-year-old kid yeah. being in a serious work environment like a kitchen. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was a serious kitchen where I was also, where they were really a brigade. Mm -hmm. And so when you were the first year apprentice. And tell the, me the name of where it was. Nandron, yeah. N-A-N-D-R-N. And so uh, as an apprentice, the first year, 
basically you get the beat up from the second year apprentice and the third year uh, so much than uh, you know we had the I had a fight one time uh, by a, an apprentice second year then they had to get rid of that apprentice thanks God they didn't get rid of me yeah. but they get rid of that guy because he was you know giving it to me on, yeah. as a younger and like physical fights yeah 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 physical which you know happened like yeah it happens <laughs> but like when it's within a system where it's kind of encouraged you know like yeah it was not encouraged it was more like it was a it was a bad guy. It was a bad guy. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, it's just also so different from right now. We're living through a pretty dramatic shift in restaurant culture mm -hmm. and in kitchen yeah, culture in absolutely. particular, away from that like but very... But it's so much better. I mean, I see, for example, uh, in all our restaurants, we have a lot of women working uh, in the kitchen as well, chef, woman chef, and, and it just, it, it, it's... It's so good the, the the environment. I think it's uh, it's very um, rewarding for us that you know there's good harmony and good respect and and uh, and good friendship uh, in a way. Yeah. We have a lot of couples who either are born into the restaurant or come as a couple to work for us. Yeah. So sometimes they work. They sometimes not work in the same restaurant, but like. We have some uh, people in, in service here who have their boyfriend who work at, at Danielle um, in, in the kitchen. Yeah. And many restaurants like that are like that. And I think it's, it's good. It's good culture. It's, uh, you know, to, uh, to respect everyone. And as long as, you know, their life is not um, bothering them at work and all that, it's, yeah. it's good. Um, last question. Are you going to encourage your kids to go into the kitchen? I don't know, but Julien love it. He come every night. Uh, he come down to say good night to me if I didn't get up to say good night. But he also want to say good night to the chefs. So he knows all the chefs, he knows all the tricks. He has all kind of hand tricks with <laughs> everyone. And, and then he knows where the cheese cart is. So he runs at the cheese cart, get a piece of cheese cart, then he goes to pastry, bake for chocolate <laughs> before he goes to bed. Yeah. <laughs> and, but I think he likes to go to the kitchen more for the begging and for the stealing of yeah. cheese. <laughs> Being the chef's son is a good thing to be. But I think he is, uh, he loves the environment. I, uh, he has his own chef jacket uh, sized up for him. And, uh, and he loves to cook. He cooks a lot with my wife. And, we don't bring him in the kitchen yet, but he will. Yeah. He will, uh, definitely. But now, does he need to be a chef? No, but does he need to know how to cook? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> chef, you, thank Josh. you so much. This is really fun. And let's have our kid together. Yeah, we can, <laughs> they can have a little like top chef battle. <laughs> Absolutely, we'll do that. <laughs>
Uh, she is the brave adventurous one who gives them sharp objects, and I'm the one who takes the sharp objects away and says, what are you doing? But uh, yeah, my five-year-old's out there, like, uh, you know, throwing things in pans and buttering up stuff. And, hot uh, pans. Hot pans. Yeah. yeah, we don't... The rule so far seems to be uh, do not let them turn on the oven, but if the oven's on, they can... Uh, Stick their head in it or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, 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 and I think that... Uh, it's paying some dividends because they have what every parent likes, which is a reasonably broad palate. Mm. You don't want that kid who just eats chicken nuggets for a year. You I mean, w- my I, kid. I was that kid. Yes. You know, that's not, that's a drag. Well, kind of hilariously, uh, you know, I was a restaurant critic for a long time yes. and I wrote a kid's book based on my older son Achilles' um, picky eating called Can I Eat That? Yeah. And it uh, was you know, it's done pretty well. I wrote a sequel called What's Cooking. Like, it's kind of become my shtick. Like, these kids' cookbooks. And people always... They're not cookbooks. These children's books about food. Yeah. And I think people assume that I've somehow figured it out. Um, Cracked a code. And no, I haven't. My kids... My older son, Achilles, only eats uh, chicken makhni from this one restaurant near us in Brooklyn. <laughs> um rice sometimes yeah. just bread with nothing on it okay and no greens okay and candy and augie right. mm-hmm. only eats chicken and meat anyway so they're picky eaters you know i wish that we cooked more but um you know i get home at six yeah and they go to bed at seven yeah. and they eat at like five thirty. have you taken your kids have you taken achilles like fine dining ever Yeah, I think we've gone to like one or two fancy restaurants. I will say neither Achilles nor Augie cook, but Achilles in particular is amazing at plating. Like he, um, he has restaurant concepts. Yeah. He has his restaurant concept is called The Rose, Mm -hmm. R-O-S-S-E, and it's prefix only. And it's part of a hotel that he has in his mind that is all tree houses. And you get to eat for free as long as you're a guest for the hotel, which makes a lot of sense. Okay. But oftentimes I'll wake up and he will have written beautifully like a full-on menu yes. of things uh, with price tags. Yeah. Sometimes uh, a full-on menu that uh, I can order from. And there's always things like a slice of dried mango with a little bit of cinnamon. The other day I ordered uh, breakfast from that menu and then like... Three hours later, it's like, oh, yeah, Dad, you owe me $20. <laughs> and I was like, why? It's like, didn't you see that that was a $20 dish? <laughs> that with tip? Was gratuity included? Yeah, it's it's um, tip included. If, and then, you're, if you're not a parent and you hear Joshua telling this story, it may strike you as uh, bizarrely eccentric. But I have the same kind of setup in my home. My son, Jesse has a kitchen of his own called tuxedos oh nice okay (laughs) we've gone so far as to make a sign that says welcome to tuxedos which we hang in the kitchen and he does the same kind of thing he doesn't seem to have the elaborate kind of menus that achilles has but he has the same kind of creative spirit and it is his establishment his rules his menu okay we're gonna take a quick break we'll be back with jamie oliver The way my life works is work and family, really. Yeah. There's not much time for anything else. So 
work has to fulfill the friends and family bit, really. I mean, like old friends and stuff, I have to carve out time. Yeah. But um, do you have a hard time um, being? you know, having achieved like a measure of success and fame relating or having, you know, sometimes I talk to um, like actors and whatever through work and it's hard for them, or actually athletes is where it really comes out and I'm sure you can weigh in on this too. It's like, it's relating to those folks you used to hang out with in the neighborhood, like, you know, cause the circumstances have changed so much. You don't know if they want something from you. You know, yeah. it gets complicated, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think like, my job's weird in the sense of um, for 20 years I've been building a fairly deep relationship with uh, people that are growing up and, and becoming, you know, a lot of my audience originally was like first-time cooks and the youth and men, and then, um, you know, they become parents uh, and beyond. Um, and that's generalising massively, but that's probably bang on. And then uh, I put a lot of hours in, and I've been very experimental in many different methods of conveying food and trying getting as many people to try cooking or jump on the stepping stones of the cooking journey as possible. So um, therefore it's just works relentless, uh, yeah. but, I, but I love it. And I've got five kids and a very hands-on sort of family life, which yeah. is relentless. I've got teenagers, eight so and seven year olds and a baby. Yeah, what, what's the spread of the Oliver household? Two and, with, and a half. With names. Uh, well, Poppy is 16, Daisy is 15, but uh, Petal is nine, Buddy's eight, and River is two and a half. Yeah. That's a lot of... Um, it's a lot It's a lot of bums and a lot of mouths to feed and, and a lot of emotions and a lot of... There's three gears of children, so, you know, a lot of my parenting friends generally seem to have a huddle that kind of huddle through the different genres together. But I've got three to have teenagers and babies and sort of eight and seven year olds and it is tough actually. Did you, um, I mean, you're now a dad five times over. So I hear maybe six in the offing. Maybe. Like, what is your Google news alert? Yeah. Um, Google might tell me when it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's, certainly there's an algorithm yeah. somewhere that's like, yeah. Jamie Oliver will yeah. reproduce again. It's like, fuck off, Alexa. No, not again. <laughs> um, did you always want a family that big? No, I thought I was in for two. Yeah. But, you know, I've been with my missus since uh, I was 18. And um, we've been married for 18 years. And... Um, she was, I was very adamant about putting the graft in for being a chef. It's a very demanding job to get anywhere. Um, and she was always adamant about creating a family. But your own evolution as a parent as it relates to your work. Uh, you know, I can imagine that, you know, as your family has gotten bigger, as you've gotten older, maybe you are looking to spend more time at home. At the same time, your businesses have diversified in a million different ways. Yeah. You've had successes, you've had things that didn't work out. Yeah. Uh, how do you manage that kind of volatility and sort of keep things somewhat stable at home? Um, pretty much um, structurally is a good start. So, you know, making sure that, you know, uh, 
school holidays are kind of reflected upon and and I can kind of like duck and dive out of those holidays um, sometimes a whole week sometimes a couple of days a week within a summer holiday or you know grab the holidays within that um, uh, getting to things like the parents evenings kind of booking it in way in advance and, and kind of those concerts and things that you just got to be in yeah. um, and then just you know having my time managed really, really well. In the old days, I used to kind of like scoot around in a scooter, going to different meetings, this, that, and the other. And, you know, finally after, you know, we've been basically like a blend of startups for the last 15 years. And we were a little patchwork quilt of shitty little offices. And, and now we have a nice office and it's like been built for purpose. And we were like 28 different businesses and now we're six and we say so we've had a spring clean and like you say we've had incredible successes but also incredible failures so I think the the Jamie that was 20 to 30 was different to 30 to 40 and now I'm 40 I'm kind of I'm done with a lot of the stuff that, you know I feel I feel good about being very experimental and very entrepreneurial entrepreneurial from my 30s to 40s but also you know a lot 50% of it was fucking painful and I don't want to do that again and, and now I've got a, I want to do things differently from my 40s to my 50s so I, I think with regards to sort of time we just protect it and uh, it's nearly perfect if there is such thing as perfect I think I, I get my weekends unless something goes wrong um, uh, I kind of get eight weeks holiday a year and then I work fucking really hard the rest of the time and if it's 18 hour days I'm in um, I start my days at I'm in the office at 5.30 and I'm normally done by 9 at night so I'm the first one in I'm on the last one out so and um, if I've got to be at a school thing I will um and I've got five kids, so there's a, there's there's a fair few thing of those. There will be a few, yeah. Yeah, it's, I'm not going to say it's easy, but I, I'm really happy with my lot. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, who gives a shit if you work hard doing something you love if you've got eight weeks holiday? I mean, who really gives a shit? And yeah. you, Americans, you also, Americans are way worse than us on holiday. I mean, you're slave drivers. It's true, but there's also something, I think, to be said about, like, interspersing those moments during the day that it's not like, hey, it's a vacation, dad's home, but just like, oh, yeah, dad... I wake up, dad's around, it's not a yeah. big deal, you know? I, look, I'm definitely like a Friday to Sunday dad. Yeah. You know, unless it's a holiday. I can't lie. I mean, um, I, if I can try and get, you know, they're getting to an age now where I'll see them at sort of like eight, nine at night if I'm back around that time. Um, but I've got, to put, I've got to put the miles in Monday to Thursday, really. And then Friday, I'll try and um, take the kids home um, and we start the weekend, you know, maybe a bit earlier on Friday, actually. Maybe I'm back at like five, six o'clock and that's when the fun starts. But I'm generalizing massively, but I think, I, I don't know. It's like, uh, also, I'm lucky because like my wife doesn't work. She works one day a week. Mm. So she's a very hands on mum. And so her being that allows me to sort of intensify that. And I don't feel guilty and I don't feel they're missing out because they've got her. So... I don't know. I, I kind of feel like when I was with the first two, I think I wound it down sl too slowly. I thought that being away three months of the year didn't matter. It did. So, so not that it's an issue, but I think like I'm definitely closer to this to the the, the third and the fourth mm -hmm. um, in a slightly different way. Uh, and of course, it's all good. But like I, th I think like 
I was around loads more for, for the, the third and the fourth. And you noticed that difference as Definitely, well. Definitely, yeah. I thought it wouldn't matter because there were just little things that had like memories like Finding Nemo, right? I wanted to, um, there's something that you said that was really interesting to me and it was about um, like 50% of it being painful and you being very entrepreneurial and spring cleaning and that kind of thing. Obviously, um, like in the last year, there has been, you've ha faced some- the last 11 years. <laughs> the last 11 yeah. years. You faced challenges, kind of like specifically in the restaurant yeah. world. Yeah. So, like, I'm a writer. I'm not a chef. I'm not a restaurateur, and I'm a dad, and I'm a was a husband, and like, um, I'm 37 now, and I'm realizing some of my limitations and some of the ways that I've I've failed, you know, and it's been a lot of. Uh, to incorporate a sense of like, hey, this is something I failed at is hard because when you try to think of yourself, you think of yourself as a success and then you have some things that you just frankly fucked up. Yeah. You're, you operate on such a massive scale that like when you fuck up, when like something goes wrong, it's very visible and a lot of people are affected. At the same time, you have so many other things going on that it's not like the end of the world. But how have you dealt with seeing this, the struggle and the struggle and stores closing and... Um, well, it's a big question, really. I mean, I think... Um, um, I've, every time I've made some money, I've generally, I, I have never squirreled away cash, like, you know, and had like a kind of smug sort of, uh, you know, kind of, oh, look, you know, I, I'm theoretically rich and people are always f f saying I am this or that or worth this or that. Pretty much anything I've ever earned, I've reinvested in people or ideas or projects. So, like, you know, certain things, um, you know, we created like the iStore of, of cooking. You know, and it was essentially three businesses, like a, a, a cafe, restaurant, a retail and cookery school. You know, it was massive. It was epic. It was a failure. You know, that's seven million quid. Um, OK, so um, but there was always a, that nearly everything I fucked up on is, has had been a gem of genius. Mm -hmm. So now I have two cookery schools that are brilliant and I can now replicate those and the culture within the team and the staff is genius and it's kind of the price of a nice cinema ticket and it's an hour and a half of entertainment. You learn some stuff and you eat what you cook and it's really civilised and it's like a really brilliant expression of middle class learning. Mm -hmm. And middle class learning is important also because, you know, for certainly a lot of the states and Britain, that's most people and um, most of those people didn't learn to cook at home or at school. So there is a disservice to that kind of sector with regards to sort of the people that are in sort of hard to reach areas and struggling and, and unemployed. And, you know, I'd already answered that question with the Ministry of Food Centres and we have 10 recipes to save your life and you get it yeah. for free and we do. But just to bring it back, so you're saying that basically in the instances you failed, you've been able to take some, something Definitely. from that. Yeah. But also from my, from my generalising massively, from my 20s to my 30s, no one believed me. So I spent all my energy trying to convince people that there was something good in this. Uh, and then I'd go and smash it. And then from my 30s, literally the 30th birthday, everyone decided they'd start believing me out of nowhere. 
and then I spent my 30s doing loads of shit that should have been like interrogated probably a lot more. Mm -hmm. But it was all with good heart and good will. It was nothing commercial or kind of like, I'm going to overtake the world. It was just like, oh, here's another little cool way to express like food or learning. And, um, but also I was being first. And I realized that, you know, being first is kind of, a mugs game, you know. It really is a complete, you know, being first is for the big guys, for the Samsungs. <laughs> it's for people that have the back end to kind of lose, you know, 17 million quid. Right. In, in, or 70 or 700 million quid. Um, so, um, so I think, like, second man's advantage is definitely... Uh, and, and also, like, I'm a person. I'm not a business and I'm not a corporation. So, you know, although I have resource and capacity, like, it's still very much limited. So um, I think, um, luckily I've had, you know, as long as the pie chart's favoring success as opposed to drastic failure, I think, I think everything I'm expressing is actually like part of whether it's discussed or not the American dream anyway. That it's very, I, I think that my spirit is way more American than, than, yeah. than classic British. Um, but I think with family in the mix as well, like, um, how did it, I keep it very separate. I think work is... My, you probably know more about my work than my wife does, and, I, and I, I actually mean that. Right. If you've done, like, 20 minutes research on me, you probably know more than my wife. Well, she's known you before, so to you, you're not Jamie Oliver, chef. Yeah. You're just... But, I mean, even, like, the mechanics of work and business. Yeah. So I, don't, I do not go home and discuss work when I get home. How did you deal, I mean, I think one of my questions is also emotionally, you are a very, like, you are an optimistic, I think, like, exude optimism and your career has been very entrepreneurial, which belies a certain optimism. But when faced with those kinds of struggles, did it ever shake how you saw yourself? Not really. No, because I think I think also I, I find it fascinating how humans sort of class success or failure, you mm -hmm. know, whether it's financial or a test or, or or a cause, you know. So I'm surround, you know. So I, I whether it's dyslexia or whatever, I don't know. But like I see, I know I see shit differently. I mean, I I sit down often with like super like classic clever people, and I say we're going to cut this meeting because you're all too clever. Let's just regroup in an hour because like. You ain't seeing this. Like yeah. they do not. We we're not the same. So I think, like the concept of fail or win is very different to me. Like I think for me, like if you just take everything I've done and like turn it into a smoothie, like there's definite progress. Like, what does progress mean in in my world? It's you know, more people beginning to cook, people talking about cook more, conversation about cook, uh, welfare, animal standards, legislation, like kind of the kind of ecosystem, the environment of food progressing. Right. You know, did Mayor Bloomberg fail? Yes, he failed. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. He failed. No, he didn't. He was probably 40 months too early, but his ripples were way more powerful than his splash. The dude's a dude. You know, like, so, like, so you're talking shit. I know better than you. Like, if he hadn't have done that, 10 other people in 10 different countries wouldn't have done X, Y, and Z. And like, so I'm really kind of into the ripples of moving the food conversation uh, along. And therefore, if you, if like, what I've tried to do, I'm like, we have acted and we have been a startup for 15 years and we have been disruptors for 15 years. And I think 
bread and butter sort of and belt and braces and kind of like slowly slowly sustainable like are you cool you cool like you know business i mean you know i i don't know if there's any difference between r and d or failure yeah do you know what i mean so i i you know like if you look at what some companies write off as r and d you could like cut out those experiments and say well, that's a failure so and and, and so I don't actually... It's how you use it. It's what you I, do with the failure. Yeah, I mean, I don't like fucking things up, but I, I am more upset about it when I've learned nothing from it. And, and thus far, I've always learned very, very valuable things from everything that I've done. And, and I there's, there's a very obvious thread to parenting, too, which is the idea of risk and, and, and you know, what you impart to children in terms of their own experiences, their own kind of adventures and misadventures. And... You know, I think about your story about how you came up and, you know, succeeded at a very early age. But with your children, do you encourage that? I mean, how do you sort of balance, like, the protectiveness that a parent will feel naturally versus knowing that it's oftentimes those risks and doing things you know, differently that make people what they are? I, I, yeah, I think, I mean, um, I think I'm in, uh, in a funny position in I mean I, I I think that my my first and foremost passion in parenting is you know trying to propagate empathy and and people and kindness you know I think that that's for me that's currency that's interesting. I mean honestly although, although I might have a few quid to my name and done a few cool things I I, I swear to God if it all went tits up I'd be really happy in a really tiny home um, uh, and I'd cook nice food with no money you don't need loads of money to cook nice food and I know that the love of a good family is worth more than anything so it's, it's so I think the concept of currency is not just cash I think that's actually the opposite I think I, I'm really I just want my kids to be kind and I want them to understand that hard work is 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 like important but doing something that you love is really important and I think um I struggle with it a bit because I had a terrible time at school and I wasn't academic. Um, so I've got a couple of kids that are academic and they put the hours in. So I have no reference point because I wasn't that kid. Do you and have a couple who aren't academic? Yeah, and I have a couple that struggle badly. Yeah. And guess what? I have dyslexia. And see things very differently, including humour and, and all kinds of things. And it's really fascinating to see exactly the same parenting and exactly the same home and the same family meals same holidays and the same love you know um churn out these different genetic animals that that are just completely unique and i think you know generalizing the male and female differences aside it's the nuance of the personality so you know but i think you know uh i've you know i've, I've got kids that are i've got kids that are upfront openly kind like kind so kind i could cry yeah you know but consistently by default and i know that i've got ones that i'm constantly teaching it <laughs> teaching it and 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 you have to reteach it and teach it and, and it's, so it's a kind of weird it's it's a really interesting but journey. is that an age thing like are the kids no there? oh no i don't think it's age at all name names no i shouldn't <laughs> i shouldn't but i think i, I think what's interesting is is uh, i don't think it's about age i think it's it's um I don't. It might be their position in the family and the hierarchy, but um, it, the idea of like 
you know, having one that's always happy to compromise, the one that's always happy to take the back seat or the smaller portion, yeah, or the slightly shitty, shittier ride. You know, you you can't help but that break your heart. You know, yeah. um, and well, then we we both have two. And like just to see the dynamic, the power dynamics and the kindness dynamics in two, to have five is like an exponential dodecahedron of yeah, relational it drama. Is. And I think it's, but I, I, but I think that there, also that there is no perfect. So I think like I think, I think don't you know not sweating the small stuff is is important, but it's also easy easier to say you you know, when you're in the thick of parenting, and you're tired or just a bit pissed off or, you know, it's, you know, I, I have complete admiration for my wife. She's very, very patient. And also we play different roles and I think that's fine. You know, like, you know, I, I don't mind being a hard ass. Mm. I, I don't mind taking everything out of a bedroom and locking it away and saying, there's <laughs> your duvet and there's your sheet. Like, like, I don't mind, I don't mind that. Yeah. You know, as long as they're safe and fed, I'm kind of doing my bit, right? So, and if it's a nice duvet, yeah, and it's a nice duvet and a lovely pillow. But no, I think it's it's um, you know having rules and and stuff. I think is kind of important. Having consequence, I think, is important. Yeah. What What's hilarious now is like, what you know, Wi-Fi is way more powerful than kind of any kind of like punishment or naughty step or anything like that. It's just like everyone was trying to invent things to kind of put people on the naughty step or like, you know, tell them off. And everyone had their way that they had it done to them when they were a kid. And it's just like, just Wi-Fi off. Yeah. Just change the, <laughs> change the internet password. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I love family. It's a beautiful thing. That was our show. That was our show. That was our show. Foodie, were you satisfied with that as a as a food critic? Let you me, know, that's kind of a murderer's row you had there. <laughs> below into uh, this Jamie is, Oliver. You know, quite a combo. I have like been around chefs and working with chefs for a long time. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's interesting that they're chefs, but they're really just people. You know, and I'm just curious about them as people. I'm curious. I was curious to hear. But, from Daniel, what it's like to have two kids at different parts of his life. And curious to hear about Jamie, what it's like to face failure. And, uh, oh, if you have any questions about being a dad, email me them, jds at fatherly.com, and they might end up on air. Also, that's it. That's it? Okay. You, you weren't going to, it sounded like you had a big reveal coming. <laughs> also, we'll be back next week. Oh, gotcha. <laughs>